0: tonight, who who loves Sundays? I love Sundays. Tonight, uh, I'm going to speak a little bit about who knows we're in the land of the dreamer. The land of the dreamer. And I was just thinking about this and um, pondering over this again. And I I realised this. um, As a leader, my job isn't just to help you live a good life. Do you realise that? Uh, uh, My job is not to help you live a good life. You're not supposed to come in here and just get... Five keys to success, three points to live your life and be good. Who knows? You watch all the movies, the good guys always die. Is it true? Come on. You, You watch a movie, the good guy, he never gets the girl. He never gets anything. He's always the first guy to die, isn't he? Like, you know, you look at those movies and you're like, he was good, he was just a good guy, but he never gets anywhere in life. It's the great ones that achieve greatness. And so tonight I want to talk about that. I I believe that God has called every Christian to live a great life. You and I are called to live a life of greatness. Do you realize that? Is that He calls us to go above and beyond. He calls us to be the light. He calls us to be the head and not the tail. And so I believe that each and every one of us are called to live a great life. Life, but but who knows that there are a lot of good people in the world? Who knows that? Turn to the person next to you, are they good? Come on, like you know, there are a lot of good people in the world, but have you noticed that good people don't change the world? Good people, they don't change the world, they don't change the world, they just live in the status quo, they're just good. You know, good people are like these ones. It's like, I'm just good. I'm happy with life. I don't want to disturb anything around me because it might get upset. They love living in the status quo. It's like, this is my lot in life and I'm okay with that. But but let me tell you, I'm just not okay with good things. I want great things. I want great people around my life. I, I want to see greatness come to those around me. You know, good is a place where you mind your own business, you pay the bills, and don't disturb your neighbour. That's good. How many good people do we have in this place? Look at that, no hands. No one wants to be good tonight. But but let's face it. You know, there's another thing, is is that good people, and you hear this, and you know, good people think they're going to heaven. Oh, did I touch a nerve? Just because you're good won't get you into heaven. Let let me break that. Save people get into heaven. Whoa. Save people get into heaven. People that have accepted Jesus Christ their Lord get into Not good people. You can live a great life and still not get into heaven. A good life. But God calls us to greatness. You know, let me tell you, good is the enemy of great. If you settle for good, well, then you miss out on great. You miss out on what God actually has for you. So what separates good from great? What is the difference between good and great? Great people pursue a long life learning and they build on their strength. Great people refuse to accept failure as a destination. You know what? They recast failure into an opportunity for self-development. You know, people that are called to greatness have a higher sense of purpose. Do you realize that? They have a higher sense of purpose. They're just not satisfied with the status quo. You know, as Christians, we should never be satisfied with the status quo. We should never be satisfied with where we're at. We should never be satisfied with, oh, it'll just do. We should never be satisfied that our friends don't know about Christ. You know, we should never be satisfied with those things. You know, we can look at the lives of the great people of the Bible and one thing that stands out, great people have never stopped developing themselves, evolving and believing. Do you realise that? They, they never stopped believing. They never stopped the faith element within their life. You know, Moses believed that he was called to greatness. Do you realise that? Moses, you know, he led the people out of and into. He led the people out of Egypt and to the promised land. But but as you see that he was called to greatness, you know, at the age of 40, he picks up a new set of skills and starts looking after sheep. He, he is raised in the house of Pharaoh, and then all of a sudden, he becomes Pharaoh's enemy, and he, and he gets pushed out of Pharaoh's house, and he has to learn a new set of skills. He ends up looking after sheep at the age of 40. And then goats, and then for another 40 years after he assumes a major role as leadership of a nation. Wow. Yeah. You know, he knew that there was greatness, he knew that there was a promise, but in order to, for him to fulfill the promise, he had to have faith in his heart, but also, too, he had to rehone who he was, he had to redevelop who he was, he had to learn a new set of skills. Abraham believed the call of greatness upon his life. He was called to be a father of many nations. Is that at the age of 70, he became a world traveler. It's like he grew up in this land for and then all of a sudden God says, yeah, you're going to be, I need you to leave this land. At the age of 70, he left. Every, let me tell you, you're never too old for the call of God upon your life. At the age of 70, he moves out of home. You know A little bit later, at the age of 100, he has his kid. Do you know what I mean? It's these things that God, he knew that he was called to greatness. He had to read about, he had to move out of what he knew. Then you've got Paul. Paul believed that he was called to greatness. You know, Paul, before his name was Paul, he was Saul. He was persecuting the church. He was putting to death the church, the Christians of the day. But then straight after the road to Damascus, that road to Damascus experience that transformed his life. You know what? He he went to the desert to rethink his theology. He had grown up a religious leader of the day in the church. He started persecuting the, the Christians, the followers of the way. He thought he was doing the things of God but then all of a sudden God meets him and he's like, wow, I think I've got it wrong. I know that I am called to live out and work for God. I know that he has called me to something but he, hadn't quite, he wasn't quite on the right track until God intervened yeah. in the desert redefining himself, redefining his theology. Do you realise... That then he went out, and in his 40s, he began his missionary work. And we have the church that we know today. You know, these guys, they believe that they were called to greatness. I believe that each and every one of us are called to greatness. Each and every one of us are called to greatness. So tonight, I want to have a look at some characteristics. Three characteristics that I believe that set these guys apart, that set people that are called to greatness apart. The first thing is is that they're filled by faith. They know they have a higher calling. They have a faith in their heart that is unwavering. In Hebrews 11, 1-3, it says, The fundamental fact of the existence is that this truth in God, this faith, is firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we see. The act of faith. Is what distinguishes our ancestors, sets them above the crowd. Do you realize it's your act of faith, that you're believing, that sets you apart? For each and every one of us, what we believe and who we have our faith in and how we outwork our faith is how we are set apart from the rest. It's not that we're better than anyone else. No, it's just what sets us apart. Do you realize that? What sets you apart is what you believe. And by what you believe and how you act is what gives you the authority and the power that you have. You know, I love Smith Wigglesworth, a great revivalist, really. He was a healing evangelist of the day, one of the great. He made this statement, I am not moved by what I see, I am moved by what I believe. You know, church, are you moved by what you believe and not what you see? Because I, I, I see this, is that sometimes what you see is not necessarily what you should believe. Yeah. You know, I, I believe that we have a miracle working God. Yeah, okay. I, I believe that He is the Savior of the world. I believe that with all my heart. Yes. You know, c- can you see that? Well, yeah, I do, actually. I see the results of it when I pray for people. I see the results of it when I share the Word of God for people. But I am not moved by what I see. I'm moved by what I believe. And as you believe it, you will see it. And that's how we work as Christians. That's how we work and we live out our day. Uh, I, <laughs> you know, there is a sense that there is more to just existing. Yeah, great. They had faith in God that he had called them to something great. Yeah. We need to have a faith in God that he has called each and every one of us yeah. to something yeah. Great. You know, David standing on the battlefield, staring down a giant. He had to have faith. The giant was there. He had to have faith. He was like, you know what? This me- you defy my God. You defy my God. You're going down. This 14-year-old punk stands up against this warrior right there, staring him down. He had to have faith. How dare you insult my God? He had to have faith. He he was faith filled. He believed that he had the answer. He believed that his God was bigger than an uncircumcised Philistine. Or what about Joshua marching marching around the walls of Jericho? You know, who would, would have thought walking around a wall would have brought it down? But he had faith in God's word, he had faith in God's plan. He prayed, he believed, God gave him a plan and said, this is what I want you to do, walk around those walls seven times. For seven days, once a day, walk around. He walked around once, they'd blow the horns, they wouldn't say a word, they would go back to camp. The next day they would get up, they would walk around. He had to have faith in his heart. You know what, the nation of Israel right there would have been complaining. Jo- what are we doing? Like We're walking around this wall, that's not going to bring the wall down. What is happening, Joshua? Come on, what, what is going on? But he's like, no, nah, no, nah, have faith. Let's do this. We're going to walk around again. Don't say a word. Blow the trump. On the last day, he's like, okay, come on. We're walking around once. Oh, we're going around. And all of a sudden, the Israelites go, we're going a second time. He's, he's lost it. He's really like, hey, we're going a third time. What is this? Hey, come on. And then all of a sudden, they go around, and then they stop. And he goes, okay, let's shout. And they shout This shout of praise and the walls comes out. Who knows? You had to have faith. Joshua would have had, you know, not just opposition from the enemy, but from his own people. But he still had to have faith. Why? Because he knew that they were called to greatness. He knew that there was something more. Or what about in the book of Acts? You look at the apostles. They, They go through the book of Acts performing miracles. They had faith in their God. They had faith in Jesus Christ. You know, Peter raises a few people from the dead. He had to have faith. He had to have faith. You know, when things like that happen, only God can get the glory. Only God can get the glory. You know, Paul, again, he's at a shipwreck, you know, has a snake body. He just shakes it off and lives. He had to have faith. They had a purpose. They had a higher calling that God had called them. Tonight, are you faith-filled? Are you faith-filled? To go from good to great, to live the full Christian life that we are called to live, we have to have faith. You know, the act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors and set them above the crowd. That's what Hebrews says. The act of faith. The church is called to live a faith filled life. The second thing is that they are intentional. Life just doesn't happen, it's just not happenstance. You know, life doesn't happen, they're intentional. Great people position themselves to learn and grow. It is never random, it is plant. You know, our lives should always be planned. Everything that we do should always be planned. Proverbs 21, verse 5, it says, The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. What are your plans? Benjamin Franklin said this, If you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. Some people go, you you know what, God, it's not really about your plan. Well, yes, God always has a plan. Well, if you have a look and you look through it's that Joshua got a plan, didn't he? Joshua had a plan of how those walls were coming down. God gave him the blueprints of this is what's going to happen. This is what I want you to do. He followed the plan and the walls come down. You know, you look at David, he he steps up onto the battlefield, Goliath is there, did he have a plan? Well, the plan was, the opportunity was there, I'm going to make an intentional right now and make a dint in his forehead. There's always intentional, when opportunity comes, you're prepared for the moment. David had honed his skills back in the paddock for that moment. When the opportunity came, he made it intentional. You know, this is the thing, is that, are you intentional? They are intentional. If you don't have a plan, then you need to plan the plan. Do you realize that? If you want to grow in God, you need to plan to grow in God. If you want to grow closer to God, you need to plan to spend time with God. And it's so funny that a lot of Christians don't even plan. They they don't even set time aside. They're not even diligent with their time. You know, right now, if you haven't got a plan, well then develop the plan around that. Start somewhere. Be intentional with your relationship with God. Be intentional. Do you realize right now that Sundays are intentional? Sundays just don't happen. Tonight just doesn't happen. It is planned. It is intentional. Yes. Do you realise that? Sundays, you know, youth just doesn't happen. You know, most of this room, do you realise, that, is that, you know, there are run sheets. We do run sheets. So everyone knows when to turn up on time. Yes. It's intentional. Yes. Uh, there is an intentional time where we roster people, you know, the food, the lights, the cleaning, the lawns, the volunteers, you know, days of yes. preparation just for an hour and 15 minutes. Right. Do you realize that we have nearly 70 volunteers every Sunday being intentional about seeing us worship God? And that, you know, the Word is delivered, the praise and worship is on point, the Spirit of God is here with people praying as well. It's intentional, it's planned. It's planned to see God move. Do Do you realize that it takes the same amount of effort to put on a service for 40 people that it does for 400 people. The same amount. And so when I look at that, I believe this, is that your time, my time, and everyone's time's too valuable just to have 40 people in the building. Is that we should have 400 people in the building. Some people are like, well, why would you do... Well, because if we're going to be intentional and we want to see God move and we want to see lives changed, it means then we need to actually invite. We need to plan the plan. Like even for us at home, Carolina and myself, we always plan. You know, Sundays when they come around, um, the kids already have, because we've got four kids, they already have on a Saturday night their clothes iron and hanging on the door. Yep. Do you know my clothes are already out and iron for me? It's a miracle. <laughs> that's, that's how planned she is. I just have to get up. I don't have to think about it. I'm like, okay, I'll wear that. And, and you know what the best thing is I don't have to look at myself, so I don't care what I wear. But some of those, but some of those things is that we plan, and we only plan like that is because we want to make sure that we give everyone our best. And, and so, plan. Proverbs thirteen twenty it says, "Who walks with wise men will be wise, but a companion of fools will be destroyed." You know, people who live great lives are intentional in their relationships. They're intentional in their time, their talent, and their generosity. It's not happenstance. It's intentional. Are you intentional with your relationships? Are you intentional with your talent, with your time? And this is what I love, is that there are so many people that are intentional. Like the musicians tonight, they're intentional with their time. They're intentional with their talent is that they're like, you know what, right now I'm going to do the best that I can do, but I'm going to give it to God yeah, great. so that other people can enter into the kingdom of God, so other people can enter into the throne room of God when we worship. You know, with our relationships, we need to be intentional. We need to make sure we have the right relationships. You know, are those relationships moving you forward in God right. or are they holding you back? Yes. Are they pushing you into where you want to go with God or, or are they just... Pulling you back so that you're not reaching the full potential that God has for your life. For us to live the life that God wants us to live, and that's a life of greatness, the life of greatness is really just pushing into His purposes. It's pushing into where He wants us to be, where He's called us to be. It's all good though. You know, it's all good. We need to look at life through the filter of this. Is it? We need to look at life Is that in being intentional, the question should always be is, who am I becoming? Who am I becoming? Ask some questions of yourself. Who does God want me to be? Whose world do I need to be in to get there? Who am I becoming? Where do I need to position myself? Those that are intentional position themselves. Which books do I need to invest into? Are you intentional in the season that you're in? Are you intentional? The third thing that I notice, the people that live great lives. (laughs) I love this, is that they're curious. They're curious. They want to know. I love this quote. It says, curiosity killed the cat, but satisfaction brought it back. I shared that a while ago. I love that quote. Curiosity killed the cat. And everyone leaves it there, but satisfaction brought it back. You know, great people will seek out what they don't know. They will look at the future and seek to understand it before it arrives. Do you realise that? Uh, I I love how the Bible basically speaks about, above all else, get understanding. Get knowledge, but above all else, get wisdom. I love it because so many people today have so much knowledge, but they don't know how to use that knowledge. What's the point in having knowledge when you don't have understanding and wisdom to use it? And this is what I love about the Bible. It says, hey, get wisdom, get understanding. So then you'll know what to do with the knowledge that God gives you. You We live in an age where you can become old really quick. Really quick. Yeah, you know, I'm 40 and I'm really old. Like, my kids know how to work my phone better than me. But, but if you look at that, is that sometimes you can, you can miss the moment. You can miss what's going on. You can lose touch with what's going on and what's coming up. You know, and that's why I love having younger people around me because they can tell me what's cool and what's not. They can tell me what movies are coming out and what isn't. They can remind me of, hey, listen, Sam, you know, that was back in the 70s. You should not wear flares right now. It's okay. But I see Talia wearing flares and I'm like, maybe I could get away with it. (laughs) it. But maybe not. But maybe not. But sometimes you you look at that and for some of us, if we're old enough, we can remember the Nokia, the phone. It was awesome. Snake, the Nokia. I love playing Snake. That was the best game of all. Snake, and then I loved it because you know I could ring people. I could talk to people. Hello, it's good to talk to people. People get frustrated. They're like, why don't you text? Why don't you email? Why don't you pick up the phone? Come on, generation gap here. If you want to reach me, call me. I'll answer. And if I don't leave a message, I'll call you back. But, but then all of a sudden, you know, I've got my phone, I'm playing snake, I'm loving life, and, and Carolina comes and she gets a Blackberry. Because you've got to realize she's five years different to me. Six years. She just corrected me. Six years. How good is that? I scored. I'm great, not good. But she got, a black, she got the BlackBerry, and she's like, this is awesome. She can email from a BlackBerry. Does anyone remember those days? Does anyone know what a BlackBerry looked like? But, but then all of a sudden, you know, like, everyone was like, you know what? These guys, they're innovators. They're ahead of the game. They're going to be the best for all eternity. And then all of a sudden, what happens? iPhone comes out. There it is, the iPhone. Do you even hear of those other brands? Are they even possible? Can you even buy any of those other brands anymore? Yeah, right. Like, no one even bothers. Yeah. It's like, why would you bother buying those? You might as well just get a Sams, no you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 look at it right now, it's like, yeah, iPhone was so yesterday. What's new? What's new? You know, these companies stop seeking out new ideas. They stop being curious. Yeah, they, they stop looking beyond the now moment. Yeah, wow. yeah. This is what I find with faith-filled people. They look beyond the now moment. Yeah, they look with faith of what could be. Yeah. They have curiosity. They ask the questions. What's next? Proverbs fifteen fourteen. it says, The heart of him who has understanding seeks knowledge, but the mouth of the fools feeds on foolishness. Albert Einstein said this, he said, any fool can know, the point is to understand. The point is to understand. Great people lean in to understanding. They seek out new ideas. They ask questions. They make new acquaintances. They ask the why behind the what. There is never a dumb question. I find when you understand the why, then you can achieve the what. Then you can achieve the what. The what. Great people lean in. They are curious to what is taking place and want to understand why. Is curiosity your friend? Is curiosity your friend? And I, I believe this with all my heart is that God has called us to live great lives. He's called us to greatness. He's called each and every one of us to greatness. And my question is, is are you faith-filled? Are you faith-filled? Are you intentional? And are you curious? For the things of God. For the ways of God. For the principles of God. Because if we are to live the life that God has called us to live, and that's the life in the land of the dreamer, the life that where anything is possible, where we can see miracles take place, where we can see salvation come to a nation, where we can see... Heaven come to Earth. God calls us to live in that state. He calls us. David Livingstone was a Scottish Christian, pioneer medical missionary, and he explored an explorer in Africa. He was one of the most popular British heroes of the 19th century. And he made this statement. He said, I determined never to stop until I had come to the end and achieved my purpose. My question to you tonight is, will you never stop until you come to achieve your purpose? Will you have a willingness to achieve your purpose, And for us as a church, our purpose is to unmistakably influence our world for good and for God. That, that's us collectively as a church. That's our mission statement for City Point Church. But individually, what's your purpose? What's your call? What's your mandate that God has called you to do? To call you out to stand above the rest so that you will be noticed so that you will be noted for something. Tonight, will you be called to greatness? What's your purpose? Will you seek it out? Will you be faithful? Father God, I thank you for the amazing church that we have. Lord God, that we're a church full of faith. Lord God, a church that is intentional about all that we do. But God, tonight, I pray for each and every one of us, Lord, right now that you call us to greatness, you call us to live a great Christian life full of faith. Tonight, Father, stir our heart, stir our spirit, Lord, to be intentional about you and your ways. Lord, tonight, let us live the full potential that you've called us to live at. That we will be the head and not the tail. We'll be above and not beneath. We'll shine a light where there is no light. Lord God tonight, pour out your presence.